All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Thursday. It's February 20th. I'm Doug Norrie. And over there is... That's it. What is the crazy cadence on the... Well, because you, you know lost what? September too. Yeah, no, I think I did because I was I was worried that I didn't say one of the other pieces that I was supposed to say at the beginning of the podcast, and then I got yeah, caught over there. <laughs> it is. No, I'm back now. It's been a, we've been we've been off for a little bit. It was the All Star break, buddy? Um, kind of take kind of turn my I, brain. I did, my, I did fine on my part. <laughs> yeah, no, you, that's true. You're fine. Well, I got a little. More, I have a little bit more to do at the beginning of the podcast than you do. Like eighty percent more to do in terms of words. Or Feel so. free to hand it over, buddy. I, I think I could handle saying the same exact thing. Now, I've heard day. you do. I think I've, I feel like I've heard you do that. It doesn't sound as good. I, that, people are used to this voice. Anyway, we're coming out of the All Star break. I, I actually didn't. I and it was funny. I didn't watch the All Star game this year. Mostly because I was really sick, and I wanted to watch it, and then I just got like a stomach bug and I ended up going to bed really early. I got text saying, like, this is awesome. Not from you, uh, but from a couple other people that saying, like, this is awesome. They're actually trying. Did you? And I did watch the dunk contest and the three-point shootout the night before. I get oddly fast. I figured out actually why I'm oddly fascinated with that if you want to go into a psychological analysis after this. But all-star game, all-star game thoughts, um, all-star weekend thoughts. We're going to get back into the NBA here. In a second, I do like that they take a long break. But um, any thoughts over the weekend? It was pretty. I think by all accounts, like a pretty successful weekend for the NBA. Yeah, and first of all, sorry that you were dealing with sicknesses. Our, our listeners won't know that you deal with sicknesses quite often. No, that's, that's not true. Hold on a second. I knew you were going to say that. So James <laughs> has a file that he keeps for whenever I'm sick, so that he, that he, and he's been keeping it for years. And I know he's been keeping the reason. The reason I keep this file is because you've alleged that you quote unquote never get sick. So I keep it. Just I will to say. Keep track. I will say. Well, first of all, if you look at this file, there's almost nothing in it. Like there's like one. There's one reference. You, I'm to, sure you don't tell. These, these are just the sicknesses you complain to me about. But no, I'm I'm totally honest about it because I know you keep it and I'm an honest person. You and do so, not know. You didn't know until two days ago that I kept this file. Are you being serious? A hundred percent. I knew you had it because you said you were opening a file three years ago when I first did it. I whatever. We don't need to argue about this. Um, all star all star weekend thoughts. I'll, I'll maybe I'll attach the file to the show so everyone can see that this thing is. Believe me, there's nothing in this thing for three years. But um, it's not a public file. I share that with you in confidence. Damn it. Okay. So, all, all star weekend thoughts. All star weekend thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, as far as the game goes itself, I also did not watch it. Uh, we watch enough basketball and follow enough basketball that the all star break is also a break for us. So I did not follow mm-hmm. any of the things festivities, but I did watch a bunch of highlights and obviously listen to a bunch of takes and my general take is that anything that gets the best players competing their best is good to me one thing i hate actually that i sit down watching the all-star game i was watching a skills competition i can't even remember when this was i remember derrick rose was in it and it i felt just so embarrassed maybe it was john wall I, I was so embarrassed on behalf of the players that were there and all the people watching that these guys were put into the competition and just felt too cool to try. Like I, I felt like I was in I would take middle school yeah. or something mm-hmm. and I hated it. I was like, what am I wasting my time watching these guys do? And it's the same way I feel watching the All-Star game itself where like people don't play defense and they just don't really care because I don't remember it exactly being that way when I was a kid and maybe I was just totally oblivious to it. But I just, you know, the basketball I grew up with and rooted for the most was like the Knicks and, you know, the Knicks Bulls and Bulls Pacers and mm-hmm. stuff. And that's the sport that I really love the most. It wasn't the purest form of the game, but it was certainly people trying their best. So I've always turned away from the All-Star game. But the fact that basically the universal consensus is that these guys were going absolutely all out. Uh, you know, Lowry's in there drawing charges. Uh, Harden's trying to draw fouls the same way he always right. does. Like, these guys were trying, and that's that's cool to me. Anything Because the All-Star game, in theory, should be absolutely incredible. But it just never works out that way. So the skills challenge, I will say, I had the same exact tech conversation with someone else, where it was like, "Oh, you, you need to be a perfect, 
you need to be a perfect combination of too cool, but actually moving fast enough so like the time doesn't go too slow because that's my memory of the skills challenge. I will say it's changed. They've added different people to the skills challenge because it's not just guards anymore. Like it's like Demonis Sabonis was in it and Bam Adebayo. Um, and they actually do try. Like they're, they're the, the, the effort level was requisite, I think, with um, okay. like wanting to win. So I was, uh, you know, my boy Dinwiddie was in it. So uh, I did watch that. And then... I put a bet in the three-point contest on Joe Harris and Duncan Robinson, but then Buddy healed one. I was, I'm mildly fascinated with that. And then the dunk contest was interesting. I, I, I don't care as much about the dunk contest, only because, like, I don't know, at that point, you're, it's like counting the stars in the sky. It's like they're all doing things I can't even fathom doing. So, like, it's hard to grade the technical piece of how much better this one thing is than the other, you know, <laughs> like in terms of the Now dunks. you're back to why I used to hate, like, the figure skating Olympics when I was a kid, where yeah, it's like, oh, you I'm, spun if four I'm watching actions, and I right. can't, if, yeah, exactly. If I'm watching and I can't tell who's winning, I'm not having a good experience. I mean, I can tell so. if it's like terrible, but other than that, like, yeah, you of can't course, Birdman the... missing 15 dunks in a row. Like, I, I know that's bad. <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, yeah. all in all, I did. I did figure out psycho. I know we're going to get basketball here in a second. I did figure out psychologically why I'm drawn to All Star Weekend in terms mm. of. Inter- I figured just this out this weekend when I was talking to my wife. Um, the about the dunk contest, three point contest, is because the year Vince Carter, the year of the Vince Carter yeah. dunk contest, was my senior year of college. And we, I remember us all sitting around uh, like that night, just kind of it was like a weekend night and then just like partying. And, but that was like where like a lot of our attention was focused and just being all wowed. And I remember, I think it was like at such like a pivotal time in my life that I have like a nostalgic feeling about it. And like, hmm. so when I ever watched like dunk contest, I, I think I was actually like nostalgically going back to that, but I never realized until talking it out. So I always like, and, and it was always, every year was disappointing after that because it never lived up to that. But I think it was mostly because of the time and place more than, and the dime cars thing was like, Transcendent. So I figured after talking that out this weekend, finally figured out why I'm excited every year about the about that weekend, about that that night of skills and dunks and stuff like that, and then also requisitely disappointed. So there you go. Just a little look into the psyche of uh, of Doug Norman. Before we get to these games, let me go through a sponsor Omax Health. If you're living with chronic pain, you know it's the worst. It's discomfort. It's uh, can affect your whole life. A lot of you out there have probably had something that's like this that's prevented you from relaxing or sleeping, or maybe even stopped you from exercising. Maybe it's been going on for a few weeks or even longer, unfortunately. And it's one of those things that you really doesn't feel like there's any solution to. Enter Omax Health. If you're looking to get rid of that nagging muscle and joint pain immediately while providing long-lasting recovery, you need to try this natural breakthrough pain, re- pain relief solution, CryoFreeze CBD Roll-On, developed by Omax. It's not a prescription, so you're not worried about that. No doctors to see or anything. Triple action pain relief, and it's formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. Look, CBD oil is just the way to go. Um, I have a family member who's years and years with a knee pain, rubbed this stuff on, and the knee pain didn't like instantly disappear, but it was clearly the best thing they'd ever done uh, for their knees. CBD-powered remedy works as magic within 10 minutes of application, and relief lasts up to eight hours, longer than really any over-the-counter product. The way you get it, OMAX, O-M-A-X, health, is offering listeners of this podcast 20% off a full bottle of CBD pain relief roll-on plus free shipping. And that discount also goes to the entire site. So go to omaxhealth, O-M-A-X health.com. You use the promo code overtime, just like the podcast network we're on, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. Get 20% off cryo-freeze site-wide, omaxhealth.com. Use the promo code overtime. All right, let's talk this slate of basketball. Pretty Decently sized Thursday slate, I would say, for coming back. I think they probably planned it that way, coming back from the All-Star break. 
some probably closer decisions. I'm not sure how much tons of cheap value we have to go on here. And we do have a pretty comprehensive injury report only because they've had a bunch of time and guys have had time to get health, you know, healthy from different injuries and stuff. So there will be some players coming back. Let's start with Milwaukee and Detroit. Milwaukee is 12 and a half point road favorites. Giannis is back. He, he sat that before the All-Star break because of the birth of a child. So it wasn't an injury thing. Uh, it, was, it was a personal. He's obviously fully back after All-Star weekend. When we see Giannis at full health and Milwaukee just in the game, do we need to start wiping out kind of both sides of the slate, both sides of the coin from the game here? Because it's got blowout stuff. It's got Detroit's kind of a mess. They got rid of Reggie Jackson, got released. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Give me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, so my, my first thoughts when I was trying to do the picks last night, write them up for our site, was that this is generally a stay away for me. I think Giannis is the only buck that I would be remotely interested in. And even then, it obviously carries a significant blowout risk. I mean, this is a 13-point game, the Bucks way, and our model actually likes it as a, a bigger difference than that. Detroit has no one right now, right? Like right. They, they already lost Drummond. Uh, you know, they're without Jackson. Uh, there are some good players on Detroit or like some exciting up and comers, but I don't know that you can just like, you can't, I don't think you can play Christian Wood, for instance. He's been a guy that's been getting a lot of DFS run recently. Uh, on the Detroit side, I will say if you are going to tap into this game, I think you can consider Bruce Brown, uh, potentially Derek Rose, just because Jackson is out of the picture. And we've seen Brown carry a, a very big workload when he's been asked to and do it somewhat effectively. I mean, he can contribute sort of across the board some defensive stats when he's taking the ball up the court he can get assists uh Derek Rose's health has not yet been totally discussed openly here he played only one game before the all-star break out of several and he played 17 minutes because he was on a minutes restriction so there this is going to be a running theme as we go from team to team to team but while we have updates on who's in like we know Rose is playing we have no idea how many minutes so uh, thankfully this is the early game hopefully we'll get some clarity leading up to lineup lock but Right now, it's basically like Bruce Brown is a very likely play for us, and Derrick Rose is a possibility, but it's all going to come down to what his status is. Yeah, I'm worried about blood. I'm also worried that I'm not also like, – I'm a little bit worried about the blood, and I'm also not as worried about it. Detroit just is so thin on guys. I'm not sure that they care so much about, like, you know, just dusting off the guy and the younger guys. Rose – I bet they care about Rose. I, I don't think they're going to just stick Rose in there for 35 minutes yeah, if they're losing. I don't think time. that – I don't think they're going to do that even if it's close, honestly. So, like, I, I, I'm a little worried about him. I think you could probably get away with it at 2,500 as long – or 5,500 as long as he's starting on, on FanDuel. Um, and then Christian Wood at 69 on DraftKings is interesting because he does – he is one of these guys. Like, if he's out there – for 30 minutes, he, you know, whatever you say about like his overall you know, future as an NBA player, he's one of these guys that comes around every year that if you give him the minutes, I mean, he put up 46 DraftKings points the other night with 26-12, um, and he's double-doubled three of the last four games. I mean, it's been not as good. I don't know, one of those games is OKC. So anyway, interesting, some interesting plays here, really, really worried about the blowout. Then we go over 730, Miami and Atlanta. Miami obviously favorites here. They get one of the best. They get easily the best DFS matchup on the slate. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're better than Memphis in, in Atlanta. But they get Jimmy Butler back. Get a little difference here with the Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala thing after the trade line deadline. We have a little sense of like sort of where the minutes are going to go. But both those guys come in off the bench. How in the past it's usually we're like, oh, Atlanta is on the slate. How many Miami guys are we going to get in here? But that's not. I don't feel like that's necessarily the case in this game today. Yeah, things are getting crowded in Miami. I think the arrival of real players in Iguodala and Crowder makes a difference, um, especially given that they were basically replacing Justice Winslow, who wasn't playing for them right. due to injury. And every minute matters. And 
we already saw with Miami. So the Miami guys, his price had all come up a little bit based on Butler missing a few games. He only missed two games uh, on the fifth and the seventh there. And then prices came up gently. But now, how many minutes are Crowder and Iggy going to get? 35 at least, right? I mean, potentially even more than that. That's just a lot to take away from, you know, sort of unknown quantities too, right? Like, we don't know exactly who's going to lose minutes of those non-Jimmy Butler wings and guards. And so, yeah, I am <laughs> I, I want to be very careful running Miami guys out here. I don't, I don't know. And maybe it's overly cautious. This is a truly good matchup. But I just don't think you're getting great deals or great prices either. So I, I think if I had to play a Miami guy, something like Bam uh, is a guy I could be interested in just because his role seems totally secure and not affected by the arrival of those new guys. But outside of him, I think you're basically just rolling the dice Unless, I mean, maybe Jimmy Butler too, I guess you can put in that category. Uh, but outside of those two guys, I think everyone else's minutes are subject to realignment here. And I think they're kind of starting to manage Butler here. We're not in like this Jimmy Butler go play 38 minutes, you know, situation. No. They don't need to. Their playoff seating is going to matter for them, but it's not going to matter to the point where they need to really totally push this, I don't think. And so I just, you know, he hasn't played more than 36 minutes in, in a month. Right. So I don't know. I just don't know. You can't say he's going to you can't project him for 36, 37 minutes like maybe you would have wanted to earlier in the season. So I think that's sort of problematic, too. I don't know. I, I'm with you. The Miami situation like Kendrick Nunn doesn't play enough minutes. You get bench guys. By the way, you didn't you know, mention Crowder, but then you get guys like Dragic who come in and play 30 minutes off the bench. And whenever you get these bench minutes kind of fluctuating, it's just it starts becoming a total stay away from me. Because the, the the bench minutes are mean you're just playing a guy like Spo is just playing strict rotations, and you're just not or rota- excuse me matchup based rotations. And when you're trying to project project that, forget it. You can't. It's nearly impossible. So yeah, you can go off of precedent if the team has played against this opponent multiple times in the past or something. But like in the case of Dragic, you know our system is drawn to him on a fantasy points per minute basis. And he can play 32 minutes, but he's never going to play 40. Uh, yep. You know, no matter what happens in the game and. Also, just as more cooks get into the kitchen, those, you know, hey, I'm going to be an energy guy off the bench. Like, that's just not necessarily a reliable strategy. So I'd really rather not play him, even if, like, the strict value might be there. Uh, what about Atlanta? We do, Capella is still, after coming over in the trade, Capella is still out here. So he is not going to play. They um, have played Dwayne Dedman. He only played 18 minutes last game, but he got into foul trouble. He had been pretty decent mm-hmm. as the starting center. It was a blowout, too. Yeah. Um, so that, I'm not, I, I think the, the real minutes on him, real in quotes, the real minutes, I think, is actually around that 28 to 30-minute range yeah. if, if things are going okay. Not exactly expensive, only 4900 on FanDuel. Could you see getting into someone like Dedman? Would you be worried about the blowout? Um, I don't know. What do you, any, or any other thoughts here in Atlanta? Uh, not a ton else. Yeah, De- Deadman was my top play at the position at center. I think the minutes are secure. I think he's on that 30-minute rotation. Uh, he's got an outrageously good floor just on the basis of these defensive stats. Uh, you mentioned he only played 17 minutes in the Cleveland game. Nonetheless, in the last three games, he's chipped in 13 defensive stats. So that's basically starting the night with 13 fantasy points because <laughs> it's 13, uh, 13 stats across three games. And that's just a great start for a guy at 4,900. He's also chipping in plenty on the offensive end. He's rebounding the ball well, as you might expect. So, yeah, I, I love Deadman tonight. I think he also enables you to pay up and get guys like Harden and that, and maybe Giannis too, and that's going to wind up being important. So I would happily play Deadman. And as far as the blowout risk goes, that's another weird thing about tonight's slate. 
you look at a Miami Atlanta game and just their respective records, Miami's 35 and 19, Atlanta 15 and 41. This game's still just a six point spread. That's the third tightest spread on the slate. Like right. tonight, there's a lot of potential blowout risk. And I think if you're going to try and avoid it, that's one thing, but you don't do it by getting away from a game like this, in my opinion. Like, you know, I can respect not wanting to play any Bucks. I can respect not wanting to play any Rockets uh, going into Golden State. But it, I think this is one, at some point, you can't just rule out all the teams. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll play Devin tonight. And I think I think he's the main hawk that I have my eyes on here. Other, eight, excuse me, the next 8 o'clock game is Brooklyn that goes in and plays Philly. Philly, 8.5-point home favorites here. The news on the Brooklyn side, for all you Brooklyn Nets podcast hosts like that are on this podcast, Good Lord. Uh, is Kyrie Irving has the shoulder issue again and has been shut down indefinitely. I don't think he's coming back this season. I think that's the end of him um, for this year. I don't think they're going to screw around with the shoulder anymore. So luckily we have a sense of sort of where Brooklyn is going without him. A lot of it has been Karis Levert in the short term. Levert has got played a lot of minutes, had a really high usage rate. It's basically just been Dinwiddie and Levert um, going for these two team, for this team in terms of the offensive output. Little bits of Joe Harris and Torian Prince here. But they face a really tough matchup in Philly, who is by all accounts very fully healthy now uh, with Embiid back. And, but I'm, and actually maybe more than Brooklyn, I'm wondering your thoughts on Embiid. Embiid's minutes – are have been pretty low over the you know leading into the all-star break but some of that was just like weirdness around it like i don't you know there was some blowout stuff there was some well, it was stuff. thumb right and it's so just, it wasn't necessarily it wasn't like a hamstring or no you know, no it's not a ACL. conditioning thing yeah, it's not a conditioning right. thing i think the minutes I, the minutes were more about game script now when he played his minutes he was absolutely destroying these guys like yes. in 33 minutes he went 19 and 11 he went 10 and 10 and 15 minutes against memphis he went 28 and 12 against chicago and then he went 26 and 9 in 28 minutes against the Clippers. It's a good matchup here against Brooklyn. Um, his price has not really gotten there. Like it's only 9,600 on DraftKings. Or excuse me, it's only 9,600 on FanDuel. Could you see him be sort of being like a chalk play in this if you think that like the game stays close and he gets to maybe the real thing is like 34 minutes, right? And if that's the case, like all of a sudden are we talking about him beat as a chalk as a, as a cash game play? Yeah, and I mean, you can certainly justify it. I think. He, he was actually the other guy I wrote up at center last night. And basically for all the same reasons you described, the other one being that Brooklyn has continued their historical trend of being simply awful against opposing centers, allowing the third most fantasy points per minute to opposing uh, big men this season. So, yeah, it's a perfect matchup for Embiid. Yeah, I, I'm like you. I think that the thumb stuff, you know, he was wearing a splint on it. It could have been them exercising some caution. The fact he played 29 minutes in the All-Star game <laughs> leads me to believe that he could play 34 minutes in an actual game with some stakes. So, yeah, I, I'm totally fine playing Embiid here. I think you can probably tick the minutes up, and I think he's an appropriate spend-up option. The big question for him, at least on FanDuel right now, is is this the position that you want to spend up? Because in case you haven't gotten this already, like it's not the best slate in terms of just raw value. There isn't a lot of ooh, this guy just got injured last night and now the price is too cheap so we can slot in, you know, maybe outside of Bruce Brown. There's just not a lot of obvious super cheap value to help you afford tons of big money options. So if if anything, that's going to be the reason because there are some cheap center plays like Deadman that can get you uh, that savings that you need. So if he doesn't show up on FanDuel, that would be why. Uh, I don't think there's any qualitative reason to avoid him beat here. 
Yeah, I think that's it. I think when Embiid's back, you kind of just, um, you know, you have interesting guys in Simmons and like guys like Harris, but it's hard to trust them from a cash game perspective. Josh Richardson did have the minutes limit uh, taken off last game. He played uh, over 30 minutes, and that's mostly just uh, relevant for DraftKings where he's still only 4,200. So I think you can take a look uh, at Josh Richardson just from a high floor minutes perspective because once, once he's healthy, he's a guy that they have no problem running uh, for a ton. Get to the other 8 o'clock game here in a second. Got to talk about Simply Safe. Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. I was going to say, this number, this, this is the read they gave us, um, and I kind of just make my own thing here, but doesn't hundreds seem low for calls from burglar alarms across the United States? Didn't you think it would be higher? I feel like it would be thousands. They said local, right? A local. So local police department. Uh, Each individual Look at that. That's why, I, that's why I bring it up. Never mind. Simply yeah. safe. You're doing fine with these reads. Keep it going. Uh, I'm sure the guy that checked this was the one that knew, and the, this was checked many times. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real is there a real crime going on or not? There's no way to know. All the alarm company can tell us is the motion sensor went off, but simply safe home security is different. If you're hypersensitive to every single sound, which I am, woke up, woke up by um, many things last night, not, nothing burglar alarm uh, wise, but I am hypersensitive to sound and tired of having to sleep uh, with sort of a sense of unrest. Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of any crime. They also dispatch police up to 350% faster than a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Get outdoor cameras, doorbell alerts for anyone that's approaching, entry motion, glass break sensors, gardens, glass break sensor guards inside. And they also, not even just like the, not just the exterior threats, get the home threat, uh, protects your home from fires, water damage. I guess water damage could be exterior too. And carbon monoxide poisoning. So it's an all-in-one comprehensive security system, 24-7 monitoring by live security professionals. And you know me, whenever I hear live security professionals, I think just ex-military, Oakley glasses, you know, just ripped, waiting. They don't, they answer the phone by putting the finger up to the ear. They don't answer the phone. They just like answer you on the comms. Uh, you can set the system up yourself. No tools needed. Or Simply Safe can do it for you. It's only fifty cents a day. No contract. All you got to do: Simply Safe. S I M P L I Safe. dot com slash overtime. Get free shipping and sixty day risk free trial. So there's no risk to you. If you try it out for two months, just go to simplysafe. dot com slash overtime. Nothing to lose. Simplysafe. dot com slash overtime. Go check them out. All right. Other eight o'clock game. We have Charlotte goes in Chicago. Oof, man, you got to be, I mean, I don't know how many Bulls fans? You got to be Bulls fan, Hornets fan, and I just don't know who else except for DFS people would ever even bother to turn into this game because this is a real bad one. But uh, we get these two teams. We get Ter- Terry Rozier, who sat out before the All-Star break. He's back. Uh, Chicago getting a little healthier now. Like Otto Porter is close to returning. Daniel Gafford is back for this game, but they are without Chandler Hutchinson tonight. Give me your thoughts. Anything from a DFS relevant standpoint to kind of look at here? The total is really low compared to the, I think it's like, you know, 211 right now. Really low compared to the rest of the league. But is there something to kind of look at from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, I think there's just some kind of like solid value options lurking around in this game. Uh, you mentioned one already in Terry Rozier. Uh, Rozier's basically had the same role all season and average 31 fantasy points a game at a $5,600 price tag. That's just good value. I don't know. It's not exciting. It's nothing to show up and play the slate for. But if he shows up in your optimal lineups, you definitely don't have to get him out. Uh, His normal rotation is going to be something like 33 to 37 minutes a game. And I see no reason why he can't score 30 fantasy points in that allotment of minutes against a Bulls team that basically rates as a league average matchup for opposing point guards. So uh, yeah, I think he's fine. Not super exciting or anything, but totally playable. And that's kind of how I feel about a few different options in this game. 
Um, you know, like you think PJ Washington, if he's going to play his 30 to 35 minutes, he could be appropriately priced. And yeah, it's so it's basically my general thoughts on this game is you're not going to stack it, but if you wind up with a guy who plays consistent minutes from this game, that's totally fine. Yeah, I think that's kind of it. I look, like I said, the scoring is six and a half points fewer than the next closest game. It's 19 yeah. points less. This is the, the, on the total, by the way, 19 points less than the Miami Atlanta game. It's not similarly with Houston and Golden State. There's just going to be so many fewer possessions here. So I think from that standpoint, I'm not with short of crazy injury, like the Hutchinson injury is interesting with Shaquille Harrison, maybe if he starts, but other than that, I just don't know. I just not, I'm just not all that interested in it. And I guess, um, did you mention that? I, sorry, I was, I, I was looking at one thing. Did you mention the, 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 the center thing with Biombo and Zeller and that or no? No, okay. I have not. Mentioned yeah. That. So Biombo started last game, but Zeller's back. So I'm just like, I need to hear, you know, sort of de- definitive word, I think on, I just need to hear definitive word on sort of like where these guys are in terms of, in terms of the injury stuff. So that's my, those are my mm-hmm. only kind of like um, kind of wait and see pieces. And I'm not sure. I'm not even sure it's going to really totally matter. All right. Two 10 o'clock hour games. Memphis goes in and plays Sacramento. The upstart Grizzlies still continue to surprise. They're actually one point road favorites here against the Kings. They're getting pretty healthy now. They're after the trade deadline. After obviously we said we, they get rid of Jay Crowder. He's kind of concentrated a few more minutes around the starters as they continue to just say we're all in for the playoffs, or at least all in in the sense that we want to make the playoffs. I think you know they have no problem trading Crowder and Iggy, who are good assets to trade, but I don't think that changes what like the sort of the mode that they've been operating in, which is to say we're going to make the playoffs in the West and kind of just surprise everybody. And then you get the Kings, who are kind of just a total mess. Um, they've lost Bagley for a while now. Rashawn Holmes, who was playing really well, is gone. Starting Harry Giles at center, but that doesn't always really matter from the minutes perspective. Thoughts on this game? It's got a big total. I feel like there's probably some. There's. I feel like there are some avenues to go here. Uh, curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think there's a number of playable options coming out of this game, and I think for all the reasons you said, the, the biggest one is that this game was a. I think it was a one point spread last night. I think it's down to a pick'em now, and that just means that this is going to be by far the game that we can trust the most from a combination of total and spread perspective. And I think there are some decent DFS options, like you said too. I, I like. The point guards from both sides, I think both Fox and Morant are fairly priced right now. I think you can also make an argument that Ja was kind of sliding into a bigger role right before the All-Star break, too. In the last two games before the All-Star break, he averaged 20 shots, 9.5 assists. And he doesn't need all of that production in order to be a $6,700 player. Like, if he even gets, if he splits the difference on his season averages and those new totals, you're still looking at a very good value uh, against a pretty good matchup in the Kings. And... Uh, the Kings also have other guys. Like I'm curious to know your thoughts about someone like uh, Bijalika here, who, you know, is just rock solid on this price. Like you know, 5,300 on Fanduel, he was scoring 35, 34, 31 fantasy points a night on a 33, 36 minute rotation. In the Dallas game, he plays just 21 minutes. That was a blowout. Can't we just play him with an absolutely clear conscience here? Like, isn't like how close to a cash game must does he become? At a pretty tough power forward position tonight. Yeah, fifty three hundred. The minutes are there in close games. He's going to play. It's going to be a close game. Thirty three, right? thirty four minutes. I I actually really can't believe that they. It's funny. This is like not a DFS thing. I just can't, the Kings are such a mess. How they didn't trade these guys is like totally unbelievable to me. Um, you know, Beasley like had a ton of trade value. Just didn't trade him. Bogdanovich had a ton of trade value. Just didn't trade him. Like I just don't know. There's teams. I it, it's more. I'm I, I'm mostly kind of it does the DFS relevance point about that is like they're such a mess they just don't know if they're coming or going and that does affect sometimes the minutes but Beasley's is like the one guy it kind of doesn't affect so I think that just because he's mm-hmm. so he's pretty positional he can play a bunch of different positions so yes I agree with you 5300 on FanDuel seems like a good play 
Bogdan is close at 4,600 starting. He's very scoring dependent. I don't I, – I get worried about guys like that, though that's built into his price. Like I said, they've kind of switched around the starting role between him and Heald, and they don't know what, what they're doing there. I don't know. So, that like, I, the only reason I say the scoring dependent piece is because there's, like, a lot of variance around if the ball's going in or not, if you're not going to do anything else, right? Like, if you're not going to chip in – Beasley doesn't have this problem, but sometimes the point guards, the, the shooting guards do. So that's kind of my general thought about, about the Kings. I – and I just wish kind of in some ways that these guys were on different teams because I really just I'm just totally floored that it didn't happen. Memphis, I'm with you on Morant. Jonas Valanciunas, if you get the 30 minutes out of him, he has as much upside as anybody on a per-minute basis. It's just sometimes wishing on the, on the minutes. Sort of the same thing with Jaron Jackson Jr. in that his are a little different. He, they want to play him 33 minutes. The guy just simply can't stay out of foul trouble. The fouls per minute are right. just still through the roof on him. It's just... He's great on defense, but he just hasn't totally cured the part where he just can't stop getting into foul trouble seemingly every game. So, um, but he's still, yeah. still kind of interesting because if he hits 33 minutes, then, I'm, then I, I do – he has – he can hit great value. And 6,000 on DraftKings would be – if he had 33 minutes, he would be an easy, easy uh, cash game play on DraftKings. So, well, I think a lot to think about here sort of it's, it's ends up, it probably just lands on where you land on the minutes for each guy. And I, you can say that about every – player on every slate and like minutes are the most important thing this one it feels maybe a little bit more high leverage than those other games because there's context around sometimes why those guys don't hit their minutes and I don't know but it's also hard to know on a game-to-game basis is that too like I don't know is that too wandering of an answer I, I kind of don't feel like I gave a ton of good answers there but it's like sort of my general feeling about these two teams yeah I think that's pretty fair overall I think that tonight though it's it's hard enough that you're gonna have to make some concessions so that's why I would say someone like Bielitsa, Fox, like, I think these guys, we know what the plan is in close games at the very least, and given that Vegas thinks this game is going to be close, leads me to believe that you can you can pick and choose out of this game and be pretty happy with the couple guys that you wind up well, with. Well, let me ask you a quick question then, because actually maybe this is a better way to formulate it. Would you rather play, or the, okay, I'll compare these two guys. The same price on DraftKings, basically. They're off by 100. Would you rather play Bielitsa or Jaron Jackson Jr. on DraftKings? Hmm. 5,900 or 6,000? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty close. I think, I think I'd rather pay Bijelitsa. I know that's weird. I mean, Jackson is like a thousand more expensive on FanDuel, so normally you'd look at that and be like, "Well, one one side's gonna kind of have to get it right." But thinking about Jackson, is he de- generates a lot of his value with defensive stats, and those don't count as heavily on DraftKings. So, yeah, I think I, I would take Bijelitsa there. Either one of those guys or Christian Wood, who is nine hundred more. Definitely, either one of those guys. I, I'm. I'm totally off Christian Wood. I don't think there's any conscionable reason to play him as a 13-point underdog, given that, you know, taking big men as huge underdogs is one of the fastest ways to be disappointed in DFS. Interesting. Okay. Um, Let's go to our final game here. Houston goes in and plays Golden State. Obviously, Houston has gone all in on the wing plan here. They signed Damari Carroll, uh, who was bought out by the Spurs, and they also signed Jeff Green off the scrap heap. So they've just said... This is the plan. No, the you know team no center is going to be the way that they're going to operate here from now going forward. They are getting obviously going to have Russ and James Harden back for this game in terms of just you know that we tip, we tend to look at one or the other when one or the other is out. So wondering your thoughts here as they are road ten point road favorites against the Warriors who are playing with Wiggins now. They're starting Jordan Poole um, at, at point guard. Any value here on either side of the ball? you know obviously for different reasons but what are your final thoughts on this game 
Yeah, so for starters, the big hanging thing for the Rockets right now is Eric Gordon's status. If he were to play, that would really muddy the waters quite a bit on some of the fringe, um, you know, guys like Daniel House who had like a 38 minutes or something in the final game before the All-Star break, even Covington to a lesser degree. I think Gordon would definitely cast a shadow on the value of those guys. And we also just don't know with this new unit what the time expectation is for everyone just because Gordon essentially missed I mean he fully missed the last two games played just eight minutes against Phoenix on the seventh so I'm keeping a close eye on him it's very strange that we don't have more word on him because he missed those two games before the all-star break pretty much everyone else we know whether they're back yet or not and so given the extra full week of rest we just have no idea so uh, that's the main thing I'm keeping an eye on here if he were to sit Houston's playing such a short rotation right now that even though there's a 10-point spread in this game, I think you can still pretty reliably play, you know, guys like Harden, Covington, House. And if he returns, then I think you kind of have to throw out everyone, maybe except Harden. Uh, and I think Harden, just a totally fine play here. Yeah, they're 10-point favorites here, but last time these two teams met, Harden did play 38 minutes. He hit value on these price tags. And I think there's not a ton of value tonight, but there's enough that you're going to want some expensive option. And for my money, like when you compare him to Giannis, let's say, and then the big drop-off after that in terms of total price, I think Harden is a, a totally defensible payup option. Here. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree. And I always just get a little worried about the Harden-Russ thing. I know they can both kind of get there on their prices, but some of their prices are born out of the other one not playing because they have, you know, you know, obviously Westbrook's been sitting back-to-backs and, and stuff like that. So that's my only... That's my only little bit of concern uh, around there. Anything else? What about this? Anything to see on the Warriors? Marquise Chris, Andrew Wiggins, Poole starting, obviously. I mean, Draymond's a guy we kind of wanted to play in the past, hoping that he would get there in the minutes. Uh, any final thoughts here on the Warriors? The Warriors are funny to me because they're certainly trying their best. That's my impression when I watch a game. Like, Draymond is definitely playing max energy. Uh, Wiggins, I had to laugh and also sigh a little bit after watching Wiggins's. I think it was, it was the most recent game um, in a Warriors uniform where he's just playing this like lockdown defense. I think he had four blocks. Like he was just going absolutely all out. And then you go over to the um, NBA subreddit and someone posted a, def- or a video and they were like, Wiggins' defense against the Suns. And, you know, he's just, pl- like, like I said, he's just going absolutely all out, playing his heart out out there. And all these Wolves fans showed up and they were like, yeah. yeah, like he can do this. <laughs> it's just that he just chooses not to most nights. But I really want, I'm really starting to wonder if Golden State didn't look at this and think, what if this guy was on a good team and not a team that was a total right. train wreck 24-7? Like what if he's just like still an impressionable young guy who if we talk him into doing the things he's good at, like if he could be a rich well, like Harrison of Barnes, Like, you know, like just like, like be like sort of like that, like just like spot up shoot. Yeah, that's that was like that was the interesting thing to read tr- post trade takes because the one that the one that the experts just had the biggest like sort of head scratchers on was this trade like the Russell versus because they these two very big question mark guys in terms of how people I mean I guess the Wiggins piece is like people weren't really evaluating him one or the other most people just generally consider him the bust and it was actually mostly around the energy piece like the fact that he could just like he's a max player and it was just legit dis- right. and DFS players know this the guy would just disappear for incredibly long stretches like just like is he even on the court what's happening here this is absolutely crazy and then the Russell thing is the jury's just still out about whether or not he's as good as his contract states yeah I think it's interesting on Wiggins I want to believe that at least you know the DFS stuff can get there if he's on this team, but also he's just not an alpha. That's just that's that that that's clear at this point, right? He's just not anywhere close to it. 
Say <laughs> to his face. On the, <laughs> That's what I would suggest. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site. DFSR.com for short. DFSR.com slash deals. We'll get you a free seven-day trial to our projection system powered by our good friends over at Lineup Lab. It's optimal lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings. NBA, NHL has access to our members-only chat and a bunch of other goodies in there. So go check that out. It's a free trial, so there's no risk. You try it for seven days, and then it's just $29.95 a month after. It includes baseball, which is, I mean, about a month away, which is crazy. All under one subscription package. Yeah. DFSR.com slash deals. Buddy, good to be back from the All-Star break. Enjoy your Thursday night in hoops. You bet.